This episode is brought to you by New Braunfels Ghost Tours, where you'll learn all about the ghosts, haunts, and murderous past of historic New Braunfels, all while walking down the streets where it all happened. Find out more at nbghosttours.com. That's nbghosttours.com. Little known historical fact, her name was Brandy, and she was a fine girl. (laughs) She was a fine girl. (laughs) Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. It's that time of year again when our minds turn to the strange, bewildering, and sometimes downright creepy parts of history. There's no shortage of ghost stories in Texas, and, perhaps strangely, perhaps conveniently, many of them revolve around places that are trying to attract people to spend their money. Today we are talking about haunted Texas hotels. But first, what's your favorite Texas ghost story? Well, I'm probably forever going to be entranced with the story of Britt Bailey, the jug hunter of uh, Bailey's Prairie in uh, Brazos County because of the personal connection I have to that. Another great story I learned about last year on our Halloween show was the story of El Muerto, the headless horseman of Texas, which is way better than the other Ichabod Crane story. Boring. Ichabod Crane didn't have Cree Taylor in it. All right. Well, my favorite story is not a ghost story, but it is a creepy story, and it's a supernatural story, and it's the Lake Worth monster in Fort Worth in 1969. Several people saw a strange creature that was very frightening and large and hairy that came out of Lake Worth, Fort Worth, and terrorized people for a few days and then sort of disappeared. So it's it's a fun little cryptozoological story, and once again, Texas has a story to match everybody else's crazy uh, monster stories. We've talked in the past about different hotels in Texas, including last year's Halloween episode when we talked about the Haunted Baker Hotel and Mineral Wells. But on our episode about Texas beer, we mentioned the Adolphus Hotel in Dallas. The Adolphus was funded by Adolphus Bush, founder of the Anheuser-Busch Brewing Company, and opened its doors in 1912. Offering the very best in service and amenities, it had an extravagant ballroom located on the 19th floor that took up part of the 20th and 21st floors. All through the early 20th century, this ballroom played host to the biggest of the big bands and the most exclusive parties of affluent society. Even presidents and royalty have graced the Adolphus with their presence. As the hotel's popularity increased, its capacity for guests became constrained. Repeated renovations and additions increased the number of rooms at the Adolphus to a peak of 1,200 in 1950. As the years passed, the requirements of patrons shifted and the interior space was reorganized. Rooms were enlarged and the ballroom was taken out and replaced with more rooms and hallways. Uh, Today, the hotel encompasses 428 rooms, but apparently not all the guests need a room of their own. Visitors to the Adolphus have reported many strange events over the years from the mundane, such as suddenly closing doors or windows that fly open on days without any wind, to the downright chilling. There is a report of a maid who felt someone tap her on the shoulder, only to turn around and see that no one was there. The 19th floor, the former location of that grand ballroom, seems to be a focus of peculiar happenings. Guests have called the front desk complaining of people running up and down the halls or the sound of a band playing in the middle of the night. Security is called to check it out, 
but they never find anything. Could this be a residual haunting of those long-ago parties by the rich and influential? Kind of reminds me of the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Perhaps the most famous haunting of the Adolphus Hotel is its very own Lady in White. No, this isn't the same ghost that prowls the shores of the White Rock Lake, which we talked about in last year's show. As the story goes, sometime in the 1930s, there was a bride waiting at the altar in the Adolphus Ballroom, but her groom never arrived. Standing alone and abandoned in front of all of her friends and family, she was deeply distraught. Soon after, she was found to have hanged herself, either in or not far from the ballroom, and depending on who tells the story. And now she roams the hallway, sobbing in grief and trailing hotel guests. So, I don't know about you, but I want to go stay at the Adolphus now. I have stayed at the Adolphus, let me tell you. And I'll tell you this, and this is weird, I, the part about that you said about people roaming the halls and loud noises in the halls and people acting like they're having a party. Well, I'm very hopeful that the people down the hall from us, my wife and I stayed there kind of on an anniversary trip just to get away for the weekend. And there was like, it seemed like a big party in the hall and then the next door. And it's it's an old hotel. I, I wasn't as impressed with it. Yeah, it's an old hotel. It's The it's walls are paper thin. Paper thin walls. Thin. Snowy. So... Uh, is there something, but is there something to the mystery and magic of a really old hotel? Yeah, and, and it could be that, you know, what people are hearing is rooms way down the way where people are having a party, but it's the sound just carries, or it could be ghosts, who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know about actual ghosts, but something that seems really creepy to me that I would like to check out at some point is uh, one of the, uh, some of the research that I did, it was a newspaper article where a guy talked about um, visiting the Adolphus and getting someone to take him through a like a hidden door mm, in yeah. like inside the area where the ballroom used to be because when they built the rooms, you know they filled in the area and they put hallways and rooms, yeah. but it didn't fill in all the space in between yeah, the floors. So apparently there's like a catwalk that you can go in that's in between the floors and you can see oh, wow. like parts of the old ballroom that are still there. Yeah, and they use it for like servant like for maintenance and stuff like that. But the funny thing actually the more creepy thing about the Adolphus Hotel when we stayed there was the fact that they have a bidet in the bathroom. That's that's a lot more creepy <laughs> I think than any ghost situation at all. We are Americans. Don't get to Europe much. <laughs> I will say this, do you like the whole the window flew up and the door slammed shut. Could be a ghost, could be a rumor started by a crappy contractor who did a shoddy job of installing <laughs> the windows and doors and said, no, the windows are fine. It's a ghost. It's ghosts. Well, if HGTV and DIY Network have shown me anything, is it old building shift and doors just don't close the way they're supposed to and windows don't close the way they're supposed to. So a lot of it has to do with the, the age of these buildings is that it's just going to happen, but... You know, there's some creepy things about these places that just don't get explained. There could be something to it. Yeah, could be. Now, big cities, of course, don't have a monopoly on hotels or hauntings. Uh, The next story comes to us courtesy of New Braunfels Ghost Tours. New Braunfels is a town rich in history with some spooky and colorful tales. Whether it's a regular walking tour or a haunted pub crawl, you'll learn all about ghosts, haunts, and murderous pasts that you won't find in history books. To find out more... Visit nbghosttours.com or call 830-221-5221. One of the stories you'll hear on the tour is about the Prince Psalms Inn of New Braunfels. Originally the Kamal Hotel, it opened in 1898 and has been in continuous operations ever since. Built by German craftsmen, 
It's a sturdy building that was built to last. Its first owner, Emily Egeling, knew that her little town was destined for big things and wanted to be ready. Two years later, Emily had to leave New Braunfels to care for relatives that had been injured in the Galveston hurricane of 1900. Her family took over and ran the inn for many years. Sometime in the early 1900s, a woman and her family had rented rooms at the inn for her wedding. When the day arrived, she waited in vain for her groom to appear. Sensing a trend in some of these stories. An extensive search was mounted, but he was never found. The despondent bride then vowed to stay at the hotel until he showed up. Eventually, she joined the staff and even ran the hotel until her death in the late 1920s. And as the story goes, in 1930, a man came to the hotel on horseback looking for a woman. He went upstairs to find her, and the innkeepers reported seeing a woman waiting in her wedding dress. The couple embraced, and then they disappeared. No one came to claim That's the horse. That's a weird story. Stay alive! I will find you! <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, we talked about New Braunfels before and the history of it and how it started, and it was this community of German immigrants, and, um, you know, this here's this hotel that was built to last. Well, you know? all of the early, all the early German construction, all those guys were amazing builders, and there's so many... So many buildings in evidence still today that are that are freestanding and, and doing great. And in particular, uh, there's a, a wonderful group on um, they're on Facebook, but they're an actual organization. There's the Texas Historical Dance Hall Preservation Society, and they go around in a lot of these old German dance halls. They're trying to raise funds to to maintain and keep them, but many of them were built right around the same time as this hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, these things are built to last. And this this story has a lot of similarities to the very very old folklore story of the disappearing traveler. And and it could be that many of these stories, as we've talked about before, many of these stories came over with these immigrants and came over with these people, uh, whether they were from Germany or from Scotland, Ireland, or from Mexico, came with them. And it, they're just updates to these stories. Uh, and you know that that could be a big factor in. Uh, the creation of these stories and it just drives interest and creates local character mm-hmm. in uh, in the story you know so in 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 the in the history of of the town so that's 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 a really great story I think for new brothels yeah and I think it's it's a very um, moving story of true love there's this woman that's like I'm waiting for my my groom and I'm going to stay here because he will return someday and just ending it like literally staying there and getting on the staff and mm-hmm. You know, that's it's pretty well, nice. It would be, you, you, you like to think that it worked out for him in the end. Well, even as a ghost story, it's actually a ghost story with a happy... It's one of the few ghost stories with a happy ending <laughs> because it's, yes. it's not like she waited. She waited all these years and then she died alone and well, then haunted the hotel forever. It's like, yeah. oh no, she showed up and then they, disapp- they rode off into the sunset like as ghosts. And, yeah, and I, and I didn't put it in here, but uh, apparently people have still seen her on mm-hmm. occasion wandering the hotel. Well, so. and, and part of the American immigrant experience is that many people did leave their love, their, their fiancés and their, their beloveds back in the old country. And, and many times it would be years before one or the other could make it to America to join them together. So there's a lot of different stories and influences playing into this story. Well, the Excelsior House in Jefferson is another small town establishment with a history of hauntings. And we talked about Jefferson in a few episodes ago about the history of Jefferson. The most memorable story is the time that director Steven Spielberg stayed there briefly in the 1970s. Now, he was in the area with his producers and other film crew, and they were scouting locations 
for his film, The Sugarland Express, again, which, which we talked about in the Texas movies. Steven Spielberg wanted to drive on to Marshall and stay in a newer place, not in a, quote, old, musty hotel. But his companions were tired, so he agreed, and they stayed at the Excelsior Hotel in Jefferson. As the story goes, the weirdness started when Spielberg threw his bag down on the rocking chair in his room, and the chair threw it back. Some reports say that this is when he decided to leave, but at least one account has him trying to stay through the night. After tossing and turning and finally getting to sleep, Spielberg was reportedly awakened by a young boy shortly after midnight who asked him if he was ready for breakfast. He immediately roused his companions and said, We are out of here, and took them all to find rooms in Marshall. We know that correlation isn't causation, but soon after this event, Spielberg wrote the script for Poltergeist. That's a scary movie, too. That that is a creepy movie. Yeah, but I mean, I love this story because it's, number one, it's a famous person that experienced it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like people know who Steven Spielberg is, but it's, it's verified. You know, it's like I read, like, I did research in this trying to figure out, okay, is this a real story? I remember hearing it, you know, a long time ago, but mm-hmm. then I found like multiple sources of them saying, is this true? Did this really happen? And there was like a several places that you can look at where he's, Steven Spielberg confirmed that, yes, you know, this happened. In fact, one of them was somebody asked him in an interview, he's like, so have you ever been in a haunted house? Where he's like, I've never been in a haunted house, but I've been in two haunted hotels. <laughs> and he mentioned the, the one in Jefferson. So. Well, I, I'll say this, like this, now we're now we're cooking with gas on the spooky story because this one makes my leg, makes the hair on your arm stand up a little bit because it's like being woken up in the middle of the night by like yeah. some kind of yeah. well, boy. young boy, like your breakfast is ready. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, <laughs> and it, <laughs> and it reminds me of the uh, the jug hunter story because there was you know because mm-hmm. Bailey would come into the house and look for his jug under yeah. the bed and it's you know it's like if you wake up in the middle of the night and there's somebody in there well, that you don't expect to be in there. Okay, now I wonder if who threw the bag back at him maybe that was Diamond Lil. You know, you say that it was actually the room that he stayed in was the Gould room, and the we Gould talked room. about Gould. <laughs> the Jay Gould room. So, so maybe maybe Diamond Lil threw the bag at him and said, "Go find my killer." He got away with it. No, no, that's not Gould. Gould was. Uh, I know, but I'm saying maybe they stayed there, and that's what she's trying to tell him. Maybe yeah, all those. Now, when we talk about old hotels in Texas, we can't fail to mention the oldest that's still open for business today. At least the oldest that I've seen. Uh, the Manger Hotel in San Antonio. Built by William Manger next to his brewery in 1859, the hotel was an immediate hit. People would come and drink and carouse at the brewery, and so he decided, you know what, I'm going to build a hotel right next door, so when people come and party, they can just stay here and give me more of their money. Um, After the Civil War, Reconstruction, and the arrival of the railroad in 1877, the Manger Hotel became the most popular hotel in the Southwest. It was frequented both by locals, carousing, and notable patrons from out of town. Among the attractions was the Colonial Dining Room, which served wild game, including snapper turtle soup made from turtles caught in the San Antonio River. Among the most notable guests at the Minger Hotel were Sam Houston, Presidents McKinley, Taft, and Eisenhower, Babe Ruth, and Mae West, among many others. But perhaps the most memorable visitor to the finest hotel in all of Texas was Theodore Roosevelt, who first visited in 1892 and returned in 1898 to recruit Rough Riders, and is reported to still hold court from time to time in the bar room of the main lobby. This is the same place he would ply cowboys fresh off the Chisholm Trail with free drinks and promises of glory on the battlefield. In fact, it's said that the Minger Hotel has been visited by at least 32 different apparitions over the years. 
In addition to Teddy Roosevelt, there's a woman that sat in the original lobby knitting and disappeared when a staff member asked if she needed anything. In another story, a guest stepped out of their shower to see a buckskin-clad man in heated conversation with someone that couldn't be seen. He said, Are you going to stay or are you going to go? Three times before vanishing. Kitchen utensils are said to float unassisted around the kitchen. One of the more significant hauntings of the Minger is said to be Captain Richard King, namesake of the King Ranch, who had his own personal suite there. In fact, King spent the last months of his life at the hotel, writing his will and bidding farewell to his friends. His funeral was held at the Minger Hotel's parlor, which is now called the King Ranch Room. King is often seen walking right through the wall where the door to his suite was located before a remodeling. The most seen specter at the Minger, however, is that of Sally White. Sally, a chambermaid in the hotel, got into a fight with her husband one day and spent the night in the hotel. Her husband threatened to kill her the next day, and on March 28, 1876, he followed through with the threat and attacked Sally inside the hotel. She would cling to life for two more days before succumbing to her injuries. The hotel paid the $32 necessary for her funeral. Today, she continues to perform her duties in the Victorian wing, wearing her long gray skirt and a bandana around her forehead, carrying towels for the guests. Yeah, the Minger is another one that I want to go stay at now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't cover a lot of the details of the hotel itself in here because we could do a whole episode on the hotel. And I think but we, we are going to. We're planning to do one yeah, on, on the Minger. And it's mm-hmm. just got a really rich history. You know, in addition to all the famous people, of which we only mentioned a few, mm-hmm. um, it's just... It's got a long history. I mean, if the oldest operating hotel in the state, you know, is going to have a lot of history. It's mentioned in there there's been a lot of remodeling, like all of these old old hotels that are still in operation. It was was such a great period of time when they were building all, like, all that architecture and stuff of the day. And you look at it now and just think, feel like this is right. Like, if there's a ghost, this is where I want to hang out. And and Minger has the basement that's the, the beer Yes. Lager, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah so there's it's like, a cool logger that's under. Is it underneath or is it next door to the? Well, I, was, I think it was underneath and the, next to the the brewery yeah, was next door and they stored the okay. The, so the yeah, the, the, the logger is beneath beneath both both buildings. Okay. Yeah, I think so. But these are you know the and it's thirty two apparitions. That's that's an incredible number. Well, and when Ozzy Osbourne does finally die, I think he will be cursed <laughs> to stay at the Minger Here's, Hotel you know, because and, that is where he was staying when he performed his desecration of yeah, the and there's, of Sintetat. And there's also mention of people speculate they'd see things um, like a pair of you know, military boots, like period yeah. military boots just sitting in a hallway that they would see and then they'd turn away and they look again and they're gone. Yeah. And there's people attribute this to... Um, you know, some of the guys that died at the Alamo because it's right next door. Oh, yeah. So they think that whole area it's, could be haunted. It's by... actually built over one of the walls, I believe. Yeah. 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 So it's, now it sounds like an interesting interesting place. Well, and of all of, I think of all of the ones that I read about here, it's one of the, one of the ones that seems like it might be the most genuine as far as mm-hmm. the hauntings mm-hmm. are concerned, just because of the sheer volume yeah. and that they're not like all the same things that people see it's like a bunch of different things i don't know i wonder that in 100 to 150 years from now will there be something that happened in the 1990s that then will carry (laughs) over 100 years later it's like they went to they 
They went to a Weezer concert, <laughs> and then they came back, and they were all slaughtered oh, yeah. and forever haunted the hotel. Forever, forever haunted trees. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like a hotel. It's like, mm, well, there's a there's a courtyard in that's been here for 150 right. years. Yes, the the modern hotels do not have the same character as yeah. these old hotels. No. Yeah, no so character, no ghosts. So there's but not free a, breakfast. There's not days. a. Uh, there's not a fertile bed of history mm-hmm. in which ghost stories can take root. Well, the Magnolia Hotel, which is right next to the Adolphus, uh, is not haunted because it used to be an office well, building it was, and it was renovated yes, from an office. It was, it was the, the Magnolia Petroleum Building. It was the Magnolia Petroleum Building. With so, the famous Pegasus on top. Right, of it. and it still is up there. But so, but the Adolphus, it, it is a hotel. So there's, there's lots of things that have happened there. So if you believe in that sort of thing and uh, people... Just like the hospitals and the asylums, people died there. And so if you believe in that sort of thing, their spirits are trapped there. Same thing, hotels people people died in and people yeah. things happened in hotels. And almost probably as important to that is that um, people are interested in visiting places where these yes. things happen. Yes. And therefore there are many places yes. that claim to be haunted, whether or not there is any proof. To that right many and there's and and literally in just about every old town in texas old city in texas there is an old hotel that yeah. we can talk about. and i i you know the, these places we the ones we talked about last year at this time and the ones we're talking about now happy halloween everyone but thinking about this stuff one of the uh, the guy who wrote the book on helena texas and i had a great conversation with him uh, they do a bunch of ghost tours, and they mm-hmm. run ghost tours and stuff down, and they go to Helena, and they go to these old abandoned houses and buildings, and there's some incredible, you know, videos of, you know, you don't really see anything in the videos. You just see people, you know, with the, the night vision cameras, and then, you freaking know. Freaking out. Freaking out. But it's like, if you're in yeah. the, if you're in a creepy place, and it's dark, and the floors creak, and then mm-hmm. you see like a you know, Victorian era, right. like tricycle wheel itself across the, you know, or a baby buggy that like flips over. Then you, you know, you're, I'm hightailing out of there. Like we've talked about the Galveston hurricane and the hotel Galvez, uh, which is one of the surviving buildings of the hurricane is right across the street from the old Balinese, uh, bar room. Well, there's a, the room 501 is said to be home to a, another suicidal bride to be. So she apparently hanged herself uh, before her wedding day or, or missed wedding yeah, day. Well, she was waiting for her groom to be, who was a sailor. He was out at sea, and she was afraid that he got lost. There he were lost reports that his ship was lost. Right. Little known historical fact her name was Brandy, and she was a fine girl. <laughs> she was a fine girl. <laughs> what a good life she would have been. But his love was the. His love and his life and his lady was the sea, my I know. It's, 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 a, it's a tragic tale. No, but this story. So, this story is, you know, the sailor shows up. And again, it's, a, it's an old folklore sta- tale. And Yeah. Well, we didn't finish telling the story. So, right. she was a bride to be. Her sailor was out at sea. She thought he was. He thought lost. he died or swept overseas. So, yeah. she hanged herself outside the window of room 501. Right. And then and he shows up the next day. Tragically, the sailor showed up a couple yeah. days later. Right. So. Healthy and alive, which but which did, I would think if, if if it's the Hotel Galvez, and it survived the worst hurricane in American history, I would think there would be thousands of ghosts that yeah. are wandering around the Hotel Galvez. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was sitting in my house, and then I was drowned, and my house collapsed on me, and then I was right. buried in an open pit, unmarked grave. Yeah. So so Boo. The, so I guess the I guess the bride of five hundred one 
it, when she's not haunting the room, she joins the face of Jean Lafitte on the side of perhaps, the building. Perhaps, yes. perhaps, perhaps. Um, there's another hotel in uh, Liberty, Texas. Uh, it's called the Ott Hotel, O-T-T, Ott Hotel. Um, and there's, I was reading about this one, there are a bunch of different ghosts. I mean, not as many as the Manger, but there's a bunch of tragedies that happened at this hotel. It's apparently been the site of multiple, um, like, lover suicides. Uh, there was a jealous husband that stormed in on his wife and her lover and blew them away with a shotgun and um, all sorts of these like a lot of this stuff apparently happened at this hotel Um, but there were a couple of very interesting descriptions of ghosts um, including one that they call Bob who uh, smokes a cigar and leaves behind the smell of his stogie when he appears and there's another one who they call the blue man which is just like half a man apparently it's like from the waist up and he floats around and he's all blue so. Well, that's more pleasant than having one from the waist down. He should go to Vegas sure. and join the Blue Man Group. You yeah. know? They, they may have an opening for him. <laughs> Just a small part. Well, you know, we talked about the Excelsior House, but across the street is the Jefferson Hotel. And it said that you can still hear the footsteps of unseen visitors creaking around the floorboards all the time. Yeah. I read one account from the, the Jefferson Hotel where... It's one of those uh, websites where people talk about, you know, their ghost experiences and stuff. And it's these people that intentionally went to the Jefferson Hotel to try and see what they could experience. And they that's where they described these footsteps where they were staying in this particular room. And they were laying in bed and they could hear, like, someone walking, the floorboards creaking, like, walking around the room. Mm, and they could barely uh, specifically hear, you know, the motion of the sounds, you know? Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Man, <laughs> it's, it's, I, one, it's one thing to hear creaks like somebody walking up and down the hallway, but to like to be able to clearly hear someone walking around the room that you're in. I can't, I can't wait to not stay in that hotel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, the, here's the thing for me with ghost stories is like they're wonderful to share. They're yet, you know, Sean mentioned they're inherited from these folklore traditions you know and and they sort of build on build off of that and you have this wonderful you know sort of story that's built and then there's a real world tragedy that gets sort of associated with it and it becomes this thing and yet people go and experience something and i think there's two kinds of people i think there's people who are looking for something to jump out of the shadows and get them Mm -hmm. and there's people like myself who say whatever you do don't look back (laughs) <laughs> i'm not looking back yeah right i'm good well, you know what i trust you scott i'm not looking over my shoulder i'm and, just gonna and, walk out of here and there's there's people like me who are skeptics about the whole thing and just think these buildings are very old and they are scary but that's because it's more a startling scary of these weird noises that yeah they're weird noises but there's a reason for it yeah you're more I, scared of something that isn't built to modern building codes yeah. exactly well, there's I, a there's I, a there's a bread and breakfast in the stockyards in the fort worth called uh miss molly's and it's it's actually so if you've been to the stockyards it's kind of an old-fashioned downtown area uh and there's bars and restaurants on the street level and then some of the buildings they've made uh bed and breakfast well this building was a flop house in the 1800s in the cowboy days it was a it was a a bordello, a brothel. And now it's a bed and breakfast and people claim it's haunted. And I wonder, is it haunted or is it just the drunk revelers downstairs uh, on the street (laughs) until three in the morning 
that the noise is somehow filtering in and seeming yeah. like haunted. But know. but they claim it is haunted. Yeah, so. and we mentioned briefly earlier that uh, you know it's part of the age of these buildings that in the way they've been renovated multiple times to reconfigure their space and to fit different types of guests and different needs that you're going to end up with really odd shaped spaces. And I think as humans, especially in the modern times, we're used to going into a hotel and having nice, neat, even boxes in which we fit into and they Mm -hmm. all stretch equally down the hallway. But when you go into one of these old hotels, you may be walking down the hallway and you go around a corner and there's the door to your room sandwiched into this weird angled corner because that's just how it fit inside the structure. The Galvez is like that. There's Mm -hmm. a, a lot of, I've been in there and there's a few places down the halls and stuff where you're like, okay, I don't know why it's built this way mm-hmm. but okay i guess that's just normal yeah and, and the mag- it, the magnolia i mean the adolphus is like yeah that i mean and you just you feel off to begin with just mm-hmm. because of the the shape of things and so i think it it would only be natural to uh feel maybe a little spooked out well, if like, you hear a noise that you don't recognize well whether you're a skeptic or whether you're a believer or somewhere in between from all of us at come and take it we hope you have a very scary and happy Halloween. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstaple.com and leave us some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. You can follow us individually, too. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. And special thanks once again to New Braunfels Ghost Tours. You can find more information about them at nbghosttours.com. If you like the show, tell your friends and leave a review on iTunes. That can help us get noticed and reach new listeners just like you. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas Texas wants you anyway. anyway.